You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea. Thanks for joining us on Racing Nation. We're off to Ladbrokes Park Hillside this weekend for the big meeting in Melbourne. Ten races on the program. And now thanks to South East Queensland Virtual Assistant to take us through the meeting and his thoughts on the card. Best man to do that, the punting baron. Shane Matthews, he's with us now. How are you? Very good, James. How are you, mate? Yes, very well. Well, the bull's almost here. The anticipation. It is. It is almost here. So, uh, yeah, this time, this time next week we'll be walking into the course on day three as we record at 11am on Thursday morning. Uh, walk, I imagine it'll be a pretty slow walk too. Uh, hopefully you've got pockets full though. Hopefully, hopefully that's why it's a slow walk. We'll be way down walking into the course because <laughs> we've had a fill up on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, one can dream. Uh, but yes, no, looking forward to it. Uh, nominations, I think, for definitely for the first day of the carnival come out. They probably due to drop in around an hour or so. Uh, it's always an uh, exciting time. I think the final field for um, Tuesday, uh, for Tuesday come out on Friday. So uh, we'll be looking to pretty much dive straight into that and uh, hopefully uh, start the journey of finding 30 winners across three days. <laughs> well, I'll give this a plug at the end of the segment, but on that, so you'll be covering the meeting. For the punting there, yeah. so for the subscribers, yeah. or if you want to subscribe and get all the mail for uh, for Waterville, you'll be there for the three days. Yes, we'll be there all three days. And uh, looking again, yeah, it's a, you know, an annual event, so looking forward to it. But yeah, we'll have it all on the website uh, this year. Uh, so it'll be the full written previews up on the site uh, for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, plenty of jumps racing, obviously. Uh, there's been plenty of hurdles. Uh, in recent time, uh, hurdle trials in recent times. So, the, as usual, the maiden hurdles look pretty strong at Waterball. Uh, it's not as easy as what it used to be to find a horse for a maiden hurdle. I think Kiramar's got a few handy ones that have been racing well on the flat that look like they've got a maiden hurdle set for them uh, over the three days. And obviously got the Wong game on the Wednesday, which is a big sprint race, uh, which Frankie Pino... Uh, was successful in for us last year at a good price, and uh, then the Warrnambool Cup uh, on Thursday. So looking forward to that, along with the Grand Annual. Uh, great three days. Uh, looking forward to it. What sort of weather are we going to have? Have you looked that far ahead? I have looked, actually have. Uh, you just reminded me that when you mentioned Frankie Pino, because it came through and it was really wet that day, wasn't it? And yes, it was. The Apprentice um, wrote it. And, yeah, that was, I remember that. I was saying, I'm thinking if they made a change to the calendar, I think thing that I thought maybe they moved the cup from the Thursday to the Wednesday. Anyway, I'll double-check that. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty bull-like. There's a shower or two Tuesday, five mils, and then all Wednesday. I don't know if Frankie Pino said it back there, but it looks Frankie Pino conditions. Uh, 15 degrees showers and about eight mils of rain. So um, I've actually got a good I've got a good mate coming down for the first time. He's uh, He lives in northern New South Wales. He's coming down for the first time, and when I told him the weather in Melbourne this week had been absolutely <laughs> glorious, he was shattered because he's like, no, he goes, I want it like proper boring. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, trust me, you don't. <laughs> it gets pretty miserable uh, when it's uh, raining sideways. But, uh, yeah, it looks like we might have uh, pretty wet conditions. And, yeah, you rarely get through all three days of waterball without some wind, rain and hail. <laughs> Exactly. It's yeah. It's, it's a sight to behold. So yes, I'm no, looking forward to that. So that's all next week. So we'll 
talk more about that at the end of the segment, how you can subscribe and things like that. But this week, for Racing in Victoria, we're, we have a 10-race program this weekend from, uh, from Sandown. And, uh, and of course, it, it has been a very sombre week for racing, not only in Victoria, but of course Australia. So, uh, and obviously with, uh, with the tragic passing of Dean Holland, and I think, and as we were just sort of talking about it off air, it's, it's something that certainly has hit so many people and that's sort of as a result of why we've, we've ended up with 10 races this weekend. Yeah, it was a tragic event that happened on Monday at Donald and uh, just such a, yeah, not really anything you can put words to, such a sad story, uh, you know, wife and four kids uh, just, you know, puts, in, puts into perspective the dangers that these jockeys put themselves into each and every time they step out on the race course and, uh, you know, the response from uh, everyone, I think, in terms of that GoFundMe page, uh, I think they've raised nearly over a million dollars. I think we were talking about just before off air, which is a which is a fantastic uh, result. But unfortunately, in such tragic circumstances, uh, you know, he was uh, just had pretty much the highlight of his racing career just over a month ago. Uh, Dean Holland when he won on In Secret in the New Market, and uh, yeah, then for what happened on Monday, it was pretty sobering uh, and pretty tragic to watch. So I think everyone. Um, I think a few people have commented that it did seem to hit differently and even, you know, I wouldn't consider myself the most emotional person in the world, but it certainly, certainly uh, not too bad a bit on Monday. So I think the right decision was certainly made uh, to to not race on Tuesday. I think everyone was in agreement there. And, yeah, I think that by the sounds of it, I, I didn't see much of the racing on Wednesday at Ballarat, but it sounds like the jockeys that were there and competing, yeah, they, they felt a bit better for it, uh, some of the interviews. Uh, were quite heartfelt uh, after the after the race. I know Liam Reardon uh, gave mm. a salute going over the line. Uh, so uh, yeah, it is. It was a tragic event. Um, yeah, and it's, yeah, just uh, your thoughts and best wishes go to the family. And uh, yeah, couldn't imagine what they're going through at the moment. Yeah, no, well said. And one of the races there on Saturday is the Vale Dean Holland, so which is race number three on the card, and one of those races as well that we've seen. Uh, the VRC St. Ledger, which traditionally always runs on Anzac Day, of course, is on this, this Saturday meeting as well. So, uh, so a big 10-race program. All right, well, let's get into the program, see if we can find a few winners for the uh, the punters. Now, first of all, your thoughts track-wise, conditions, what are you planning on it being, or what's your form being assessed on for Saturday? Yeah, so it's not, it's not one of those good forecasts. We've got kind of rain forecast, how much of it we get, it's... Absolutely poured down here this morning for about an hour, but looking at the radar, it's pretty much done by the looks of it. Uh, there's then a bit of um, there's a fair bit of rain forecast again tomorrow night, and then showers again on Saturday. But we're coming off what's been a very dry week with beautiful weather. So the track's rated a good four at the moment, uh, with the rail out three metres. I think we will get into the soft range, uh, but how soft we get probably depends on how much rain we get in what's forecast tomorrow. Because the rain that's hit today, even though it rained quite heavy, it's moved on quite quickly. It's only really hung around for about 45 minutes to an hour. So I don't think that would have done too much damage, but a bit more rain tomorrow night uh, and then a couple of showers on Saturday might just push us into that soft drain. So I'm anticipating we're probably going to get a track sort of around the soft five range. So not too wet, uh, but certainly with a bit of give in it. Uh, rail out three metres. Uh, these uh, hillside and lakeside tracks, uh, I know someone said the other week, it feels like they've morphed into each other. It feels like hillside 
playing more like Lakeside and Lakeside's playing more like Hillside normally does. But certainly the last few meetings where the rail's been in the three-metre position at Hillside uh, and it's been a good track, it definitely hasn't been any disadvantage to be up on the speed. And if the track doesn't get too wet and it doesn't cut out, uh, then I wouldn't... I'd expect that to be a similar case on Saturday. If more rain does come, then obviously they're going to get into the track a bit more. They might start to use a few more of those middle lanes. But expecting it to play relatively fair, but certainly no disadvantage uh, to be up on speed, uh, providing we don't get too much rain. All right, that's your thoughts on the track conditions-wise. Let's have a look at a few best bets on the program. We're going to look at races four, seven, and ten. So we'll start in the fourth of the program, and the fourth is... The uh, the Vale Lorry Lamar OAM over fourteen hundred metres. Your thoughts here? Yeah, good little race, uh, and I think the key there is the fourteen hundred metres for Toronto Terrier. We're pretty keen on him at Sandown last start, and uh, he first clear at the top of the straight, looked all over the winner, uh, only to be cut down late by Russian Dancer. That followed another run at sixteen hundred metres where he also loomed to win at Mooney Valley, but uh, was just found out late. So I thought the reason he got beat at Mooney Valley, he was going from 1,200 to 1,600. And then I thought third up at Sandown, he, he probably would have been primed for that 1,600-metre run. He's, maybe we've just seen that he's not quite running out a strong mile. He certainly had the run of the race there at Sandown last start, kick clear, looked the winner, but just couldn't quite finish it off. Uh, for that reason, I think back to the 1,400 metres here, he looks really well suited. Uh, middle to wide gate, he's got a bit of speed outside of him with aiming, and then I think they'll probably be pretty positive on DK here after they rode him a bit quieter last start, which didn't seem to work out. So from that position, I have him mapping pretty well here. I think he'll land just behind the two leaders or either outside the leader. I think Either way, he probably ends up in a spot where he can really control and own the race. And uh, back to the 1,400 metres, he should be a little bit stronger at the end of the race. Uh, I think he's the one to beat Toronto Terrier. Saving on the real thing. I had something on this horse first. Uh, funny old run. Uh, looked like he was going to drop out and run last over the 1,200 metres and then got going again on the line. That was against the older horses. So he just drops back against, uh, drop back to his own age group here. Uh, I think getting onto the hillside track probably suits a little bit more than lakeside. Uh, also think a wider draw. He didn't seem to really appreciate racing inside of horses there last start. So I think that middle to wide draw here for Jordan Child sitting off the speed. Uh, there looks to be a bit of speed up front too. So if Toronto Terrier is uh, getting a bit tired late. The real thing might be the one coming over the top of him. Uh, I was pretty surprised at the odds he came up around the... 12 to $15 mark, I thought that looked a bit of value. So, yeah, I like this race. I was pretty keen to run to Terrier, but definitely wanted to save on the real thing at double-figure odds. Let's have a look down at race number seven on the program. It'll be the first of the quaddy this weekend as well. It is the Manhari Medals Handicap, this one over the Flying Thousand. It's a benchmark 84. Yeah, and the track condition is going to be pretty important here because I think if we get to the soft range which is probably what I'm banking on at the moment, then I think it sets up really nicely for Do You Punk. Uh, he was scratched from Mornington last Saturday, uh, which proved to be a pretty strong lead for the Moody Camp because that left the stable mate out back action who was backed off the map and uh, won accordingly. Uh, Do You Punk saves for this race. Well, was down to run at Flemington on Tuesday before that meeting was called off. 
uh, and now comes here. The 1,000 metres is interesting, but there's a lot of speed in this race. Uh, Satorial, Splendour, Starry, Legend, Distillate, Foxicon. Uh, they all going to go pretty quickly. Uh, I just thought from that middle to wide gate for Luke Nolan, if there's no issue making ground, if he can stay close enough to them and the ground is soft, he's going to get to the right part of the track and be really strong late. There's probably a couple of these that are going to be getting a little bit tired late, even though it is only a 1,000 metres. Uh, a couple of these haven't shown a, a lot of fortitude in their recent starts when they've been pressured up on speed. So I think it might set up nicely could do your punk to come over the top of them. And if the track is soft, that's his big advantage over one of the other horses in the market in Snap, who probably prefers dry ground. Uh, also think do your punk drawn a little wider might be able to build the momentum a little bit more. So I thought he was a good bet around the 5 to $6 mark, do your punk. Going to save on Nasrawi first up from a spell. Uh, this horse raced really well last preparation. Uh, you know, there's a third to Asphora, uh, not beaten too far behind Chain of Lightning. Uh, was it Benalla the day he won there on Cup Day? So he raced really consistently, particularly early in his preparation. He goes really well fresh. I've loved his jump outs. Uh, he hasn't been asked to do a lot in those jump outs, but has gone through the line quite well. Matt's to get a lovely run just in behind the speed. Uh, he's a good 1,000-metre horse, and it's double-figure odds. I think he can run well here fresh. Nazrawi. So keen to your punk around the five six dollar mark, but definitely want to save on Nazrawi first up. Okay, so that's three and seven there in the seventh with the, the three on top. Do your punk and save on the seven. Let's go down to race ten, which is the lucky last on the program from Sandown this weekend, and it's the no fuss event, higher handicap, but over thirteen hundred meters. It's a benchmark seventy eight. The lucky last, the get out. What are we on here? Yeah, the favourites number six, Carolee Rocks from the Uncle Lindsay Smith yard. I had this horse pen probably for a race at Warnable over the carnival. I just wonder whether they've accepted here and want to see how the nominations come out at Warnable. I actually thought she could measure up in a race like the Wangoon. She was so impressive winning at Geelong first up. Uh, she drew the outside gate here. I just wonder whether she will run here and they might take her. She might take her place. Uh, at the ball over the three days there. Either way, I thought she was, even if she comes here, I thought she was well enough found in the market. Gee, party for one. Gee, ugly watch. <laughs> Stand down uh, first up for the new stable. Uh, slow out. And then I thought Jordan Childs was third in judgment on the home corner. He tried to pick his way between them and um, try to pick his way between them initially. And rather than just follow that line through, he stopped and ripped the horse across heels to the outside, lost all momentum, charged late, but couldn't reel in Foxicon. I thought had he probably just kept following what he initially did and um, follow through, he would have been able, the split would have came and he wouldn't have lost as much momentum. But uh, it's obviously very easy from where I sit. Uh, but either way, it was a pleasing run, but that has been her modus operandi in his career so far. She get back, run on flashing light, but hasn't been able to win. Uh, this is probably the last chance for her. I, I still thought it was a really good run. I think up to 1,300 here on the hillside track, middle to wide draw by this stage of the day. Probably not a bad spot to be if there is a bit of rain about. Uh, I'm going to give her another chance here. I thought around the $6 mark she could run well. Horse that looked big overs for mine was number 10, Cuban Link. Um, she was dominant winner first up last campaign, and then... Uh, only had only had two more runs before going out for a spell. I know the stable's always had a big opinion of her. 
She's again jumped out really well leading into this preparation. Uh, a bit of rain about certainly won't hurt her either. Uh, double figure odds, I think she can run well fresh first up. Just keeping an eye on the conditions, obviously we're talking Thursday. Uh, if it doesn't get too soft and the track is favouring horses on speed, then Star of Chaos is another one to keep in mind, number 11. She will improve sharply. Uh, she just couldn't get to the front first up and had a few kick up inside her. She might get across a bit easier here. Uh, and if the track is favouring those and on speed and doesn't get too wet, uh, she'll run an improved race. Uh, so just keep an eye on that. Quite keen party for one in Cuban Link. Uh, and if the conditions are favouring Star of Chaos, then I'd be throwing her in for a saving bet as well. All right. So that's your thoughts on the program. So we're on race four, five, Toronto Terrier. Save the four, which is the real thing. Race seven, it's three, Do Your Punk. I mean, save on the seven, Nazrawi. And race 10, it's number eight, Party for One. Save the 10, which is Cuban Link. But then also, as we just mentioned, we talked about Star of Chaos there as well. So, but it's one, as you said, more what conditions-wise and that, just see what happens with it. What's it for the 11? Yeah, yeah, particularly if it stays in the dry range and you see a couple of horses leading and winning through the day, I think her chances will increase dramatically. And she has an informed Linda Meach on board who is uh, back riding winners from the front and doing it with a smile. And uh, we certainly love it when Linda's in that sort of form. <laughs> She'll be off to the bull, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Definitely. A couple She'll of races on day one where they're hugging the rail and kicking off the bend. Just going to find a leader. Yeah, that's what we hope we can have now. Well, on this meeting, though, on Saturday, what's the best then? Uh, I think it's the right race for Toronto Terrier. Actually, I reckon he's actually a pretty good price at the $4 plus. I thought he'd be a bit more of a pronounced favourite uh, and maybe even might start a fair bit shorter come race day. Uh, but I think he's the one to beat uh, in race four. We'll make him the best race four, number five, Toronto Terrier. All right, that's the best. Now, puntingbaron.com.au, you can subscribe today. As we've mentioned, the Big Bull Carnival coming up, so comprehensive coverage of the big three days there. But not only that, of course, uh, you get everything that's happening with the Punting Baron, wherever they're racing, wherever you think you can find a winner. Yes, certainly will. Uh, so, yeah, great time if you just want to try it out for the next week. Uh, great time to jump on board. It's just $6 a week. Uh, you'll obviously get this Saturday's meeting plus all three days uh, next uh, next week uh, for the ball, uh, like I said, there's 30 races there. We won't be betting in all of them, but we will be trying to find as many winners as possible. We had a really good carnival down there last year. Uh, yeah, I think it was really profitable pretty much all three days, particularly the last two. Uh, so really looking forward to getting back down there again and having a bet. It's a great betting carnival. Uh, that's, I think, the part that everyone loves about it. There's always plenty of value, big fields. Uh, great challenge to find a winner, but if you do, you generally get rewarded pretty well. So, uh, great time to check that out. And as you've mentioned, uh, the big carnival in Queensland, uh, just around the corner, that's kicking off. Uh, and also, those uh, big winter championship uh, heats uh, start kicking off in Melbourne shortly. So, it's normally a really good... I generally enjoy betting at this time of year, particularly last year, over kind of this April to July um, period we had a really good run so hoping that can be uh, replicated again this year uh, like I said subscriptions start from just six dollars a week uh, or you can sign up for the whole year which is just 159.95 which works out to only be three dollars a week uh, go to punningbarons.com.au and check it all out if that's the website that's the place to go now I just see notes sitting on my my desk here I've got a pending 
uh, leave for apl- an application for leave from yourself for next week, but it says pending unless a miracle you may be unavailable next week. I would think it would be highly unlikely that I am in a position to record this podcast. Uh, given that we need to do it before Saturday, I would think it's highly unlikely. Well, you know we're actually um, we're actually booked into the hot springs on the on the Friday. Oh. Uh, bit of a recovery on the way on the way home. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we thought that'd be something different. We thought we'd jump in the spa and maybe just give us a give ourselves a cleanse after three days. <laughs> Right. That'll be interesting. You see, they're going to go one or two ways. <laughs> well, there you go. So that's a so yeah. It's not just the three race days; the hot springs on the Friday as well. So it's a four-day festival, really, when you think about it. Just something different. So yeah, given all that, uh, the odds of me getting to do some form for Saturday uh, before Saturday morning is probably going to be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty unlikely, I reckon. But <laughs> if the miracle happens, I'll contact you, and it could be. Uh, well, that's what I said. It says it's. It says here on the leave form, asterisk pending miracle. So I, could, I, I haven't I actually, given up hope. If I get to it Friday morning, I could do it live from the hot spring. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be something. Yeah. 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 It's not a video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it all sounds fantastic. It is a great time of year, as we've talked about for a number of weeks leading up to this, but the Big Bull Carnival starts. On Tuesday, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, yeah, so um, all of the selections there for the punting baron, you can subscribe to that. So you enjoy the bull. It sounds like a fantastic trip. Hopefully you get back in one piece. And, uh, yeah, so we likely won't speak next week, but uh, but we certainly will in a couple of weeks' time. But enjoy the bull, and uh, let's hope that we can uh, send you on with a couple of winners on Saturday as well. Appreciate it, mate. I'm sure I will. And, uh, yeah, hopefully a few winners Saturday, and then uh, for all the subscribers, hopefully we have another big three days of the bull. So, uh I'll likely speak to you in a couple of weeks, mate. Cheers. Good travels and good punting. Cheers, mate. Join the nation. Racing Nation with James O'Shea.